All right, and welcome back to another episode of Crash Culture, the podcast show. And um, ladies and gentlemen, I've been out for a while. We've had a long hiatus. Uh, what, what, what has it been? What was, how long has it been? April? April was the last episode. I'm sorry. Four months, five months. Four months, five months? It's been that long? Been that long. God damn. You know what? had to learn a lot of different things in that process too so yes sir we did yes sir we did we went through a lot of trials and tribulations that's why today is a perfect episode to talk about that just to catch up to you ladies and gentlemen and just touch bases and connect with the crash culture family and 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 see what's been going on in our lives and stuff like that again as usual i'm joined by my esteemed guest sherrod general sky johnson what it do Yes, him and his uh, Barry White sound. No, I sound more like Barry White. Who do you think you sound like? Who do you think you sound like? Isaac. Isaac? You think you sound like Isaac Hayes? Yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> but you got the high pitch like Michael Jackson. <laughs> um, ladies and gentlemen, you know, today's episode is going to be a little bit about perception and reflection. Um, for the past couple of months, I've been doing a lot of that. Been doing a lot of reflecting on life, you know. Um, and then in my reflections, I realize how people perceive things is just different than I do, you know. And um, that's okay. We all experiencing this thing called life at the same time, but in different spaces. You know, my sister told me a great thing the other day, she said that uh, we're all in the same ocean or we're all in the same storm. We're just in different boats. Huh? That sounds about right. Yeah, like, yeah I think, she, I don't know where she got it from, but she told me we're all in the same storm. We're just in different boats. Leave it up to my sister Alla to say some shit that completely went over my head, but at the same time made perfect sense. I was just so like. It, it made so much sense. I was just like, all I could do is nod my head and say, wow, and think about that. I was thinking about that for a long ass time too. I was I'm thinking like, about it now. Yeah, yeah, it's dope, right? So you know, what I want to do is get caught up with you. What's been going on with you for these past you, couple of months? How did that thing go down for you in, uh, at that correctional facility, Everglades? They offered the job. I've just got to take the CJ bat now. Oh shit. The CJ bat, um, I forget what it was the called. Corrections. The corrections one, because yeah, they I got the Leo the, one and they got the other one. I passed the, I, I send everybody the score mm. and, and, the, and the family text. Mm. I passed the law enforcement one flying. The Leo one. Easy. Yeah. So I, got I did too. <laughs> you remember when I did yeah. it? It was easy as fuck. Yeah. It, was, it was all common sense. Yeah. The other one should be pretty much the yeah, same thing. That's, that's what I'm looking forward to. So it's basically that. That's all I got to take in and once they get that down to headquarters and, and they go to the higher people, hey. I'm most likely out of job. Hey, my friend. Get that money. Get that money, money. playboy. And that, but that's another thing. I'm making that work its way because I really want that firefighter job. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, you know what? I got a friend that worked for Miami-Dade um, Fire Department, and he was talking about they hiring like crazy, too. They start you off at six figures uncertified. Yeah. What you think about this job shortage and all the shit that's going on? I know, I know that we really 
just kind of getting back into it. But what do you I mean? mean? The job shortage thing, I don't think it's a shortage of jobs. It's just people scared of the COVID still. Mm-hmm. I mean, they have ads and they're talking about hiring all the time. And they come back. I think motherfuckers don't want to pay. They, that too. Yeah. As soon as you apply for them, you'll have the right qualifications, but you won't hear back. I think it's just a multiple. Uh, I think it's a, a bunch of factors that play into why it's a job shortage, but. It, well, that's a, that's at another time and another date. Yeah, you know. Today is about how people look at the world. You know, um, one thing that I, I think I think I seen an ad by Playboy Cardi. He has a concert or an album coming out called Narcissist. Um, I think that everybody thinks that a narcissist or a narcissistic person is bad. Okay. We experienced one, uh, Donald Trump, for four years, yeah. and everybody really didn't like that. The media uh, went at him viciously on media, uh, multiple occasions, which he deserved because he was an asshole. But I think a narcissist, a narcissist is a delicate way or a witty way or a smart way of calling somebody an asshole. You know what I mean? And I think that we all have a touch of asshole in us. That is true. We have to. It's like a self-defense mechanism in this world. You know? You're an asshole. No matter how much you try not to be, it's just a part of you. You know why? Because I think it's like we're all the center of our own universe. We can only perceive life through our own lens, right? So how, how in the hell can we actually really feel empathy for another person? I mean, we can understand their situation and understand what they're going through. Empathize with that. Yeah, but do you really care? I mean, some people do. I mean, look at them people that, oh, Haiti done earthquake and a bunch of people died. Let's send millions of dollars of food. And I think that those people have a personal connection, you know. I, I think that I, I feel empathy for their circumstance, yeah. you know, for the yeah. unfortunate yeah. circumstance of those people. That. That's what mm-hmm. I'm talking about. And people will empathize with those people through that and they'll feel it in themselves and feel like they want to be a part of that, their help with them. They might not have no relatives down there. They mm-hmm. might not know nobody down there. Mm-hmm. But because of how they feel towards the people and what they're going through, that's why they do the things they do. Yeah. So, I don't know, man. Maybe I got too much asshole in me. But... You know, I do care. I try every day. And that that's one thing that I was struggling with too, bro. I try so hard to care. I really do. But something in me that it just be like, man, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I don't know why. I had to take a page out of your book, big dog. Yeah. I was that I was them ones that used to care too much. Yeah. And I get played, get Treated like shit, mm-hmm. got looked that looked down upon, all kinds of stuff. Right, and you put yourself in that situation, people will take advantage of you. So, I had to be an asshole. I had to learn how to be an asshole. I had to learn how to do that stuff just mm-hmm. so I can help myself survive and feel better about myself. So. Right, right. You know, because like I say, we can only experience life through our own lens. So, everything that's happening to us, like, okay, I'll give you a perfect example. 
when we hold the door open for a lady at a, a restaurant or a bar or whatever, just a random person just walking in, a perfect stranger, right. you know, and they just walk in and they don't say thank you. They feel entitled, though. The, but it, it, are they an asshole? Or nah, did they I not know. just, they, they just wasn't paying attention? Most of the time, they know what's going on. It's like, okay, a per, another perfect example. When I'm at work and, I, and, and I'm... I'm doing my job and people come in in the morning time and they don't say good morning. Is they, are they being an asshole? Or should I say good morning to them? Technically, they walked into my area, they walked into my domain, so they should say good morning to me. It's like you walking into somebody else's house. Should you say, should the people at the house say good morning to you or should you say good morning to the people when you walk in their house? When you walk in their house. Right. I'm not going to lie. Sometimes, especially that type of early in the morning, you just don't want to be there, and you're not even thinking about nobody else but being tired. Right. And that tired got your mind, and you groggy, and you fogged up, and mm-hmm. you just don't want to be there. You're not even paying attention. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I get what you're saying, but a lot of the time, especially, it depends on the hours of the day. There's a lot of factors that play into that. See... I'm I'm a moody motherfucker, but at the same time, for some reason, my moods stay consistent. You know, I'm, as long as nobody like fucks with me or do nothing to piss me off, I'm pretty. I'm a pretty cheerful, jovial person. And when I walk somewhere, when I when I walk into a place, if somebody says good morning to me, or if I walk into the area and I see somebody, I say good morning. Maybe it's just manners. Maybe I was raised different. I was I raised in. Yeah, maybe people just wasn't raised right. They just got <laughs> bad manners. You're right. You know? But I do understand your point about it being early in the morning, but who gives a fuck? Right. When you walk into an establishment where yeah. somebody's already at, they parked there, that's their job? Say good morning. Say good morning. Say good morning, people. Okay? You know, they say something good morning or hello could make a day better for somebody else right. without you even trying. Right. And then, but you know what? I'm, I'm going to um, do the flip side of it. Maybe I should say good morning to them. Maybe I could brighten up their day. Maybe I could say hello. And they'll probably smile back at you and, huh, good morning. No, I've tried. <laughs> I've tried. That's why, I, that's why I did that. That's why I flipped that logic. Because I've said good morning. They can, oh, I didn't hear you. I had my headphones in. They've done that shit. They do that. And then sometimes I say good morning. They'll be like, mm. And I'll be like, it makes me regret saying good morning. You know, but wouldn't that make you self-centered? Why does that make me self-centered? Because I said good morning to them, and they didn't say good morning back. Expecting, you're expecting an a response, and if you don't get that response, then you feel some kind of way about it. I do. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. How does that make me self-centered? Just by that. How? Wanting something that you probably didn't get. But I deserve to get that. (laughs) See, because I gave it to them first. (laughs) I should get that in return. I understand that, but it'd be a lot of different aspects to it. A lot of different things. Like I said, there's a lot of things that can happen. For one, who knows? Somebody probably deaf. And you probably Them motherfuckers that. ain't deaf. You got to pass an ear exam, a hearing <laughs> exam to go work at that motherfucker. Them, but them bitches ain't deaf. <laughs> You ain't fucking deaf. You hear me, you motherfuckers that come in and you know who the fuck you are. (laughs) 
You bitches ain't deaf. You motherfuckers can hear me. I know you can, okay? When I stop saying good morning, I just give you the screw face like you give me. I want to see how you're going to take that. They probably want to fight. They ain't going to want to fight. They ain't going to want to fight. Damn, Joe. What I did. Nah, 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 nah. See, I got my, I got my favorite ones that I always say good morning to, and they always say good morning to me. I have the, you know, you always have your favorite. You know, at work, you kind of treat, um, they're not your, certain situations like your coworkers and stuff like that, or people coming into your job that's working there, you know, you got to kind of have, you got your favorites out there. And I got my favorites. But I could say that people that are not my favorites, they have done something to not be my favorites, or they have not done something not to be my favorite. <laughs> You feel me? You, you too hard on this right now. I, I know I am. I know I am. But it just really grinds my gears. <laughs> Especially if it's a cute one. If it's a cute female, they don't. How did I know this? You was? already knew what it was, my nigga. You already knew what it was. You knew what it was the moment I was tripping about this shit. <laughs> the fuck you mean? <laughs> Nah, it's a couple of them that I must really like. Wow. I must really like the way they look. I must really like the way that they shape. But you know the prettiest ones be the biggest bitches. Biggest. The biggest. Oh my God. Maybach music. But yeah, <laughs> the prettiest ones have the ugliest personality. That ain't that shit some crazy shit? Why do you think that is that the beautifulest people do and say? And are the most ugliest on the inside. Because they also believe the world revolves around them. Hmm. Being through experience, guys groveling and bending over backwards for them hmm. and telling them and showing them that they're the most important. And they get such a head on their shoulders. You get big headed. It's like they out of space in the words of Lil Wayne mm. um, they become a Martian wow and they just don't know how to see level headed like everybody else mm. and that's when they become oh I feel entitled to this I look this way you're supposed to feel this way about me yeah so god damn and then there's some their parents teach them they need to be this way. Mm. Standoffish. Yeah. Mm. I've had an experience with this. Yeah. I had multiple experiences <laughs> with this shit. And this is, you know what? This is a, um, that's like a bad habit of mine. I like, I like beautiful women. They can't help it. You know, I can't help it. If, it, if she's not a beautiful woman, I, I don't really see the value in me trying to talk to her or, or get to know her, but as a friend, you know, right. you know, like. And that's the crazy part. Hmm. Some of the normal girls or the, I don't want to say ugly, but the unpleasant looking. Not the, the most highly sought yeah. after. That's they all. They be the coolest ones. Yeah. They be so cool. And they, some, a lot of the time, they just want a friend. I would never know. Uh, they would like to hang out and I would never know. That's about it. I would never know. No, I do know. I do know. But I kind of don't know. You know what I mean? They be so cool. You know what? I don't think that men and women could be friends. I understand.
understand that too. That's what you know. That's probably I, why I don't see value in that. I've been preaching this for years, Joe. Yeah. I've been preaching this for years. You know why? You know why I don't think men and women could be friends? Because at just the end, not natural. it's it's a man's hormonal balance. Like a man, at the end of the day, when he sees a beautiful woman. He, he wants. Shoot, he want. He knows what he wants. I mean, he knows what he wants, and, and that might be disgusting to some females. And yeah, la la la. Save me all the bullshit. We all adults here. And a okay. lot of the time, the men won't show it until it's too late. Right. And the female done fell in that trap. Right. Gave them all the sweet talk and all that. Made right. Them feel good. But you know what? On the other end of that, sometimes women have their own selfish reasons why they'll keep a friendship with a man like they might want attention or they want a validation. Women love validation and attention. That's always that. And they know what they're doing when they have friendships with these guys. Mm. And I tell a lot of them all the time, men show you who they are. Mm. They show you they tell you who they are long before you meet them. Women do too. But you know what? I think that a lot of times men judgment is clouded by their dick. That's it. At the end of the day, they be like, damn. You don't hear women always tell me what the big head, not the small one. If I could just get one night with her. Just one night. That's all they looking for. You feel me? I it'll make my day. It doesn't make your day, okay? I've had, I've done I've been there, I've done that. It doesn't make your day. Well it make your it make a couple minutes of your day. Yeah. But after you come back down off that high, off that that initial rush, yeah. you be thinking to yourself, was it, worth it? was it worth it? And I'd be like, hell yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, what did you gain? What did you have to what did you have to sacrifice? It's a meme of Thanos. <laughs> you know the meme I'm talking about. Oh, man. <laughs> or what did you have to give up? Everything. <laughs> yeah, for them pretty bitches, boy, you're going to give up everything. If it's a smart one, she's going to make you run them pockets, I'll my boy. Tell you what, I already know my limits to that. Mm-hmm. I leave it before it even start, big dog. Yeah. When I see it coming. I I'm hard-headed. I'm hard-headed. I, I got to gotta see it through to the end. I can't. I can't. I won't. I refuse to. You do? Yeah. Hey. Well, that's how you... That's probably, you know, you, you've been through enough experiences yeah. to, to say, okay, this is where the buck stops. The buck ends with me, mm. you know, right here, right now. I don't, I don't want pers- to continue to pursue this because this is getting out of control. You know, that's all a part of this self-discovery in life that we as men right. go through you a know, lot of the time. I wanted to share something with you that I wrote at work. Okay. I, had a, I have a lot of free time on my hands. Some, let me not say that out loud before they start giving me <laughs> shit to do. But I wrote something at work, okay? Motherfucker, if you give me something else to do, I, I promise you, I will quit on the spot. Okay? I had a, just a flow of consciousness. And, and you know, this is, this is what I was kind of struggling with, and I want to share it with the audience while I was um, at work. You know, I titled it Bam's Consciousness. And I put the location at work. You know, people don't, you don't need to know where I work at. Just know I work. Okay. Why is it that every time I try to speak about how I really feel, fear gets in the way? Fear of how that person, fear of that person being hurt. Maybe that's my way of caring about someone 
by trying to spare their feelings, but I don't care to have that in return. It's a weird, am I passive aggressive? Am I a passive aggressive little bitch? At times, yeah, probably, when I'm figuring something out. Once I got a motherfucker pig, it's a wrap though. <laughs> I give what is required. I gotta be honest with myself. I don't like being in large groups of people and not having nowhere to sit down. That's probably why I don't like going to clubs a lot. Right. It's like, I already went to work. I got off, I'm tired. I just was on my feet for eight to 10 to 12 hours. You gotta be smoking crack if you think I'm gonna sit on my feet for another four or five hours and just walk around a club meaninglessly and try and buy drinks and hit on bitches at the bar. No motherfucker, get me VIP or get me a chair in the middle of the dance floor and I'm, let me sit down and people watch and, and have a bitch come twerk on me or something like that. I think I'm better suited for strip clubs. You feel me? Nothing wrong with that. I think I'm better suited for strip clubs. Cause you know, early on, I didn't see the meaning of strip clubs until recently I went to a strip club and I, you know, I had some, some money on me, you feel me? Like I said, I've been working so hard. Right. So, you feel me? I didn't really, I didn't really pay for lap dance but I paid for lap dance, if you get my drift, mm -hmm. okay? And it was just fun. You know, I just felt like I was supporting the strippers. I felt like I was a part of that community for that day. You know, I felt, I, it felt real good that day to be in the strip mm -hmm. club that day. But yeah, so that's how I felt about that. And I said, sometimes I wonder if I will ever achieve the things I, I dream of because at the end of the day I don't really dream of anything sometimes when I have dreams sometimes they defy the laws of physics and logic maybe sometimes I, I dream that I'm flying like a bird or some shit maybe I have a dream that one day that I'm um, you know like a boat on the ocean or some other crazy shit you feel me but when I think about life and the things I want or need it's more like goals and milestones. It feels like a task or a mission I must complete. And even though I don't, even if I don't, it would make me a whole, it, what the fuck did I write? <laughs> even though I don't, it would make me whole as a person. You know, a lot of the time since my spirit awakened back in 2012, I find myself now, nine years later, asking myself, what does it all mean? Am I following my purpose? Sometimes it feels like I, it, it feels like it, and other times, a lot of the times, it feels like I'm not. I guess I just want to tell stories, and stories that inform people, stories that inspire people, make people laugh, maybe make people cry. I feel like I'd be a goat in that category. I wrote that at work. You know, it's just me just thinking, just a bunch of random ass thoughts. Speaking of, I'm gonna let you get your your ideas on what you were talking about. But I was just I was always thinking too, and I thought about something. I was in uh, college at the time, and I went to sleep one night after practice, and I was talking to one of my friends who's playing for the New Orleans Saints now. Yeah. Um, he asked me like, I told him like we was gonna play this school. And we're gonna wear these colors, and they're gonna wear these colors, and I'm gonna catch a pick. 
in the dream, I didn't catch the pick. I dropped it, but I wanted the, the change. Uh-huh. So I told him that uh, I was going to catch the pick. And Did you catch the pick? The dream, it took, it was a it was a few months down the road before the dream actually played out. But when he seen, like, when he seen us on the TV, like, because I told him the day before yeah. that it was going to happen. Mm-hmm. And he seen us on the TV. He was like, he he was bought that I when I told him what we was going to wear, he didn't even care about the pick. I was like, because no one knows the uniform we're going to wear until we get there. Okay. And he seen exactly what, was, what we was going to wear. And I oh, so you had a premonition. You basically told him the, the, the colors. Yeah. You know, people do that. People do that. Sometimes your dreams, you know, your uh, sleep is the cousin of death. So at the end of the day, when you go to that dream state, you're most closest to like an out-of-body experience. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it can endow people with a certain extra sense, you know what I mean? Right. When they get to reality, they have deja vu and they're back in the moment. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, that dream might have been a premonition of that moment to come. And I I tell them a lot of the – I told them, like, exactly how – I said – one of the players, I don't, I couldn't see who it was. Mm-hmm. One of the players was gonna come off the edge and jump up in the air and tip the ball, and mm-hmm. I was gonna run under it and try to catch it. So did you catch it? Like I did. It hit my hand. But it, it happened though. Everything that I said that was gonna happen happened, except for the fact that I caught the ball. That was something I told him because I said I'm gonna change that dream. You caught it in the dream. In a dream, I didn't catch it. And so in reality, you didn't catch it. I didn't catch it. So it was a dream come true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. God damn it, it was a dream I come wanted, true. I wanted to change it. I wanted to You should it. never said nothing about it. You should just did it, motherfucker. It couldn't. Yeah. It's just something, it's just something I Listen, man. Wanted to know. I'm gonna tell you like this here. Sometimes you tell people, and I've done this before, if I've had um a deja vu moment, I'll tell them part of the dream. And then the part that I don't want to happen or I want to happen, I'll keep it to myself and try and do it in reality. Because, you know, I, everybody gets... No, but what I told him is that I did catch the ball. You told him you did catch I the ball? I told him I caught shit, the ball. Shit, that's what I'm saying. Don't tell him shit. Don't, don't tell him nothing about pick or nothing like that. I wanted it to happen, though. That's the thing. You I mean, wanted to drop the ball? No, the thing was... Why I dropped the ball is because the rant, uh, when I was when I seen the ball in the air and I got under it to catch it and run, the running back who the ball was going to, he turned around and he came back at me and cracked while, back you. While there was a there was two linemen holding on me. One one of them was actually falling and pulling on my jersey, mm-hmm. and the other one they was pushing me from behind, and the running back hit my arm as the ball hit my hand. Same time, mm. he ran into my arm, so it was. Basically, that's how I felt. The ball fell. Mm. Like, those three people on me. So would you say that that was, um, you could title that dream, dream catcher? <laughs> dream catcher. <laughs> yeah. But it, it was one of the things that I was most proud of, not only because. You put yourself in position. I, yeah. Yeah. I, I was there. Yeah. I worked my way to get there. You saw it and you actualized the vision. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that that's, hey, that's a good quality. You should practice that all the time. Actualizing the vision, a lot of the times, is what's going to get you where you want to be in life. That's why you see me. And I, and I thought about what you said to me the other day. You told me when you called me on the phone, you said, 
before, like when I told you I was going down there to take the test, you're like, you know, you gonna you gonna be something one day. I was like, I use a anytime I set myself to something, that's one thing you notice about me. Yep. Anytime I set myself to do something, I go for it no matter what. Right. So. Right. That that's one of your best qualities. That when you have a conviction about something, nothing gonna stop you from getting that shit done. Right. Like you said, when you wanted to play football. And you say you wanted to play for a university. You say you wanted to get bigger. I remember before you left to go play uh, for Lafayette, I remember you you wasn't that muscular. You feel me? You wasn't that big. And then then you came back, and I was like, God damn. I was like, you was about my height when you left, but you was just you was kind of big. But then you came back, and you was big, big. And I was like, damn. So that's what a defense alignment looked like. <laughs> I was like, that and is a big them, motherfucker. Not all of them look like that. No, nah, I know. I know. And then when you when you was telling me about the whole incident with the coach and how he was hating on you and shit like that, I was like, okay, man, nigga, you, listen, if you, if you, I was thinking bullshit, <laughs> but when you showed me the actual game footage of you playing and blowing up the line damn near every play, I was like, yeah, that coach was a hater. That coach was a hater. Because the thing, and I got to explain to the audience, the thing that people don't see is game footage. A lot of the time, we'll get like highlights or whatever. Right. And um, we ain't going to get every game because every game is not nationally televised and right. shit like that. But you actually have the game film. Um, I went to the universe because I was trying to get on, uh, trying to get a pro the day. NFL. Yeah. I did the pro day. He showed up at pro day and I was the, literally every NFL scout was literally all over me. And that was your position scout. coach. And as soon as he, they seen him, they mm-hmm. talked to one of the other defensive linemen because they was asking me who was my coach and I wouldn't say anything. I told them the head coach. Mm-hmm. They wanted to know the position coach that was there. With what me. was this position's coach name so I could send my, my, my little crew of crash culture demons at him? What was his name? <laughs> tell him, I tell, give us a name. Honestly, I don't even want – I don't remember it because oh. that's how bad of a coach he was. How noble of you not to say his name on record. <laughs> how noble. You know, I choose violence every fucking day of the week. <laughs> fuck with my dog. I'm coming for you. But the moment they, like, they like every chance they got, mm-hmm. they would call me over to them, the whole group, mm-hmm. every one of them. It was about – 26 of them at the time. Mm. They kept calling me over to the group, separate me from the other guys, talking to me where I came from, how come they ain't seen me, all this other stuff. Right. And I'm letting them know, like, I went on a hiatus, kind of just. I know about hiatuses. You know I know about them. When I did, what I did, I let the team know was Mm -hmm. I was leaving, I was going to come back bigger, stronger, and faster than I left. Mm -hmm. And a lot of them didn't believe me until I came back. I seen a group of them, all the seniors, Mm-hmm. Warm, trying to warm up with 315. Mm-hmm. Some of them was struggling on two, hitting it two times, one time. Mm-hmm. And I just lined up a rack next to them. I didn't even know I could do it as much as I did it. How many times you did it? I just wrecked, wrapped it, repped it five times and hung it up. They How much was this? How much weight? 315. 315? You wrapped 315? Rep and then they looked at me like, "What's the what's the combine rep? What's the what's the weight that they put at the combine like?" It, for the bench rep test is two twenty five. Two twenty five. So you could have probably did that. I'm gonna tell you how I got screwed in that too. Oh. So after we did the high jumps and all the measurements and broad jumps and mm-hmm. verticals and all the little other stuff in the weight room. Mm-hmm. 
we got under the bench and I didn't want to go first. I didn't want to go dead last. I wanted to see what my competition was. Mm -hmm. So I went somewhere in the middle. Right. I let them all go. The strongest linebacker, he did it 25 times. Okay. That's about normal. It's about the, the average. The strongest defensive lineman, which was me, mm -hmm. I did it 30 times. Right. The reason why I did it 30 times is when I started doing it, I was going to the point where, like, it looked like I wasn't going to stop. Mm -hmm. I got it 25, and then I came down. I went down slow, and I threw it up. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what happened after that, but after that, I went five more times. And at the fifth time, when I hit 30, I was about to go back down, and the strength coach put his hands under it and said that and pulled it and racked it for me right at 30. You know what? I think it was, you know what? Subconsciously, when you hit 25, you probably was probably trying to show off to him like, yeah, motherfucker, <laughs> uh, 25. And then you went back up. Five more times, and he was like, all right, nigga, that's enough. That's, that's, that's exactly what I did. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I, I was looking at them, and the whole team, yeah. all the guys that, like, looked at me and knew that I was really doing this shit, they was like, let's go, Sherrod, let's go. Yeah. Let's go. That's what we talking about. And yeah. Like, when I started hearing that, I was like, let me give them some more. Yeah. And once I hit 30, I was coming back down. The strength coach grabbed it and racked it. Yeah. And that was my official number 30. Yeah. He's probably seen you was trying to show off a little bit too much. So... That's why There's I was some at damn first. player haters at that damn school, man. Damn. That's how that went. And the thing damn. about it is, he was the new head strength coach there. Because my head strength coach, the one I told to push me as hard as he could, mm -hmm. he was a Green Beret in the military. And all we ever did was military training. So y'all had a lot of coaching changes. Yeah. And that, that kind of um, influenced the trajectory of, of, your, of your career to yeah. a certain degree. And a lot of people don't understand that because even in NFL, it's like that. Certain quarterbacks will go to a certain situation, and depending on the coach, it, it changes the, direct, the trajectory of some of those players' careers. That's why some of these players in college, they'll be balling out and they'll be shining, and then they get in the league and they get in the wrong system, and it fucks them up. And right. even in, and that's the same for high school, college, and the NFL. Sometimes it depends on your coach. A lot of times it depends on your coach, as a matter of fact. Because if you go into a wrong situation with a bad coach, it could really fuck all of your, your potential up, you feel me, essentially. Because that instead of that coach wanting you to succeed and pushing you to succeed and giving you the opportunities where you can showcase your ability and your talent and you could be successful, some coaches, they have favoritism for other players. Mm -hmm. Some coaches never really believed in you for the start because they didn't handpick you. Right. You know, you see it. You see it, but people don't like to talk about the dirty underbelly of sports a lot of the time. And I'm open to speaking about it because yeah. I lived it. Yeah, and, you know I lived it. And a lot of this shit that happened, like, if it wasn't for, I honestly believe, and I know it to be true, because me and some of the players still talk today. Mm -hmm. If it wasn't for him talking to those scouts, I probably who, who is him the position coach at the pro day. Okay. What was the flash point that you said you was had a lot of destructive? You feel like that 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 opportunity was kind of robbed from you, it was, and it sent you in a certain it, way, and then you evolved the things, from it. It was the things like, for instance, my sister. She came and t told me, and my mom agreed on it. She said that I can't be in the streets and I can't go to school. I have to pick one. 
Right. You see what I'm saying? And there was that point where it's like, on after everything I've already done, it's like I had to really sit back and reflect on what do I really want, how successful I want to be. You know what I'm saying? And it took a, a little bit of me going to self-destruct before I can actually make a full decision on choosing school mm -hmm. because I knew I wanted football. Mm -hmm. And football was my drive all the way. So how are you dealing with that, like, now? Right now, it's not even, it's not easy to deal with because, like, every day I wake up, the things that I want to do involves me being physically active and going to the gym and being better. And I know it's hard to do that with everything that's going on. But my main focus, no matter how much I tell myself that I have to try to find a career, or do something else, mm -hmm. the main thing that keeps pulling on me for some reason is football. And I keep thinking about football and I want to go back to football. And every day I don't, it's like I feel like a failure. No, bro, you should never think about it like that. I sh when I shattered my wrist and playing basketball, it was... I had similar stuff like that after high school. I tried to go play. I, I talked to coaches, got me tryouts to play college basketball, D1 or whatever. But I guess it was, it, it was a little bit easier for me because I never was that passionate about basketball to begin with. You know, um, I've always been more of an artsy computer kind of guy. It's just I just played because I was tall, you know, and then I got good at it quick because I pick up stuff quick. But at the end of the day, what helped me like kind of cope with because you know what it is too a lot of people see height and they see size and everywhere you go they keep asking you questions did you play this did you play that so it's always going to be reminders every day right. in life Definitely. you know what i mean and that that sometimes gets to you that sometimes bothers you people don't realize that on the day-to-day -day. they just see a tall guy oh do you i seen a guy on um on the internet who had a card and says yes i'm i know i'm tall i'm six foot ten Yes, I, I used to play basketball, but now I don't. <laughs> I, I'm a computer, uh, what is it? A computer a IT guy or something like that. Hi, nice to meet you. I'm glad that we had this conversation. He literally had it on the card and would just hand it out to people because that many people would walk up to you when you hike. So it's a gift and a curse, you know, at the same time. I've always said that and yeah. I've always believed that. Yeah, being tall is a gift and a curse. And like I say, it's all about everybody has this perception of tall people or large men or right. large women that you played sports at some point in time. Why can't I be a doctor? I know a few guys that's even taller than me and they don't play no sports. They ain't never played a sport in their life. Why can't I be a scientist? Why are you trying to always pigeonhole me? You know what I mean? You, you, there are things that you can do in life. There are other joys that you have. There are a lot more talents that you have and I know that you have that you can unlock and you can get just as much meaning out of those things as you could with football. You know, you can even become a coach yourself. You feel me? Like m my mom told me to go back and coach uh, 10 and under basketball at uh, the PAL at the Hepburn Center. Right. And me coaching those kids, as a matter of fact, I don't know if you went to the Hepburn Center, they call it OB Johnson Park, but a few of the kids, matter of fact, Nate is one of the kids. 
Nate is one of the kids right. I used to coach when he was a I little kid. Was talking about That's what I'm saying. Like seeing them grow up and knowing that I was a part of it when they was a little kid and then seeing the other kid, Javon, he's playing D1 college basketball now. Right. So seeing that I affected some of these kids' lives in that way, it, it's rewarding. It made me feel good. It's like, okay, maybe you know, she, she had a saying. She was like, oh, those who can't play, teach. That's what she told me. She made it simple like that. And I was like, at the time, I wasn't trying to hear it. But when I went there and I got involved with those kids' lives and I, and I helped them learn right. and I seen the look on their faces and then now I see where they at now, you know, I, I felt like I, basketball was done for me. I didn't need nothing else in it. You see me? So when you go back, whatever school you choose or whatever program that you choose that you can affect the child life at, and help them evolve and help them grow. Because you think about it, you'll be in that same position that that coach was. And instead of holding them back or hating on them or something like that, you be like, listen here, little man, I'm going to teach you how to pick these schools. I'm going to teach you what questions you need to ask these coaches. I'm going to teach you what you need to do to be successful. And when they get to that league, you never know. You could be the next Bill Belichick or Mike Tomlin. You feel me? Like, look at Jones' route. Remember Jones? Yeah. That's the one who gave you the opportunity. He took a route. I was with Jones from – he was working security from Orangebrook Elementary, my elementary school, to McNichol Middle, my middle school, and to Hollandale High School, my high school. Now he's at Shamanah Madonna winning national championships, and probably next, next up he's going to go college football. And then if he's, he achieves success in college football, he's going to go pro. See what I'm saying? So there's more than one way to achieve your dream, man. You got to always think about that. I understand that, and my head coach, who still to this day, he checks up on me. Mm -hmm. um, he offered me to work with him. And for me, it's like there's one thing playing football mm -hmm. and achieving those goals. Mm -hmm. But playing football, mm -hmm. there's... I feel like there's a lot more for me to prove mm -hmm. simply because of the goals I set for myself. I feel you on that. It's always, and I'm always chasing my goals no matter how hard they seem to me or most people. A lot of the times I set high standards and I was told a few times that I have to lower my standards, but I can't. You know what? That, that, that uh, makes me think about the last episode that I did before we went on hiatus. You know what it was called? What? Opportunities and Expectations. <laughs> That's literally the last episode that I did. And I, I, and I did that solo, and I talked about the opportunity that I had that I, I felt like I messed up on and I didn't complete. And it was, and you know, I talked about expectations in a different way. But sometimes you can place expectations on yourself that can feel like you're carrying the weight of the world. You feel me? I heard what you're saying. Sometimes you can place those expectations on yourself, and it can, if you're trying to carry the weight of the world, it can sometimes crush you, man. So, so sometimes you gotta. I get that. Yeah. But you know me, I'm a fighter. I know, I know. Like I told you, that's that's your that's your one of your best qualities. You try to see things through to the end. You ain't gonna. Always push to get to where I need or feel like I need to be. Yeah, 
but take it from a person that's of that same caliber and that same kind. I'm a person that's gonna always fight through stuff too. And I'm telling you, just make sure that this is what you want and it's attainable for you. You feel me? Because you never know what path the the most high got out, laid out for you, bro. Be open to every opportunity that come your way. You feel me? To be involved. You never know. You could be on that on that team coaching with them. Then you get out there one day, you start talking to one of you, you it's about who you know sometimes. It's about it who you get a chance me, to talk to. It requires me to move to Alabama. Alabama? That's where he resides. Sweet home Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> You can't be afraid of the opportunity, bro. I'm if you want that opportunity. I, I would like to, but it, it's a, a lot of other avenues I have to take. You lived in California, me. my nigga. You lived in California for other years. I get that, but it, when I spoke to him, it's a bunch of different avenues. I have, I have to establish myself there mm -hmm. as a worker because they don't pay too well in Alabama. Mm. From what he said. They don't pay too well in Florida either. I ain't going to lie to you. We know that. Yeah, but they definitely don't pay well in Alabama. But well, did he did he talk rates with you or prices? He said or, if or? I get, I'm gonna have to have almost to where he stays at in the school he coaches at. I'm gonna have to have a job and a half and coaching. Mm. You see that? Mm. That's one of them ones, boy. That's one of them ones that you gonna sit on and stew on and contemplate. <laughs> That's one of the ones that you got to contemplate. If I had a little, if I had, um, I would say, if I had maybe 60 grand put away. Mm -hmm. You can explore that I avenue. I could go up there, get a probably a trailer house or something like that, mm -hmm. pay rent and go to coach there and have a, at least one job or not and I have something in the savings. No. Try, uh, I'm going to tell you like this here too, man. Try and explore all the opportunities that you can create for yourself here too. And that's what I'm doing. I yeah. reach, I'm reaching every angle and every way. You know that. Yeah. I'm stretching my arms as far and as well, wide as I can go so I can listen, get something. Listen to your homie and go to that, that Dolphins practice or try and get on the Dolphins practice squad if that's what you want to do, man. Yeah. I say full steam. Ain't nothing to it but to do it. Ain't nothing to it. Ain't nothing to it at all but to do it at the end of the day. Right. Don't let um, if you got a dream or you got a goal that you're trying to accomplish, bro, you know, that's why it's always good to set your goals high because if you aim for the stars, you may be laying on the moon, you feel me, which is not too bad of a place to land. But you got to be open and you have to be willing. But you can't be satisfied. You can't be satisfied. Man, I'm telling you, Sherrod, expectations sometimes can carry the weight of the world, bro telling you as a person that sets a lot of high expectations on myself they carry the weight of the world sometimes bro and that's a part of being open okay because sometimes that might not be the path that the most high have for you you feel me right you know what i mean you just got to be uh you got to be fair-sighted fair-minded enough to see it you feel me and be open to receive it you know, it might be taking you another way to bring you back to the your, your destination that you want to be at, you know. It's just all about, like I say, you have the dream. You have the goal that you want or the expectations that you have out of yourself where you want to be in the NFL, you want to play for the Dallas Cowboys. Now, 
That's a very specific goal. Right. It's very specific. But Extremely I, specific. But I, I, I've been open to taking whatever. Now, saying that you want to just play in the NFL, that's a goal. You feel me? Mm-hmm. Don't matter the team. Right. That's a goal, and that's attainable because you have the size, you have the experience, and all of that stuff like that. But specifically for the Dallas Cowboys, I know that's your favorite team. I know that's your favorite team. But at the end of the day, it's a bunch of other teams in the NFL. It's 32. Right. 32. 32, long as you get on the roster. It's like Frankie and that's, Josh. That's all I'm looking for. Okay. Then you can get it. And then they're trying to expand. They're trying to add more teams. Who? The NFL. Man. They wanna add, I think it's two or, three, four, two or four more teams. You never know when that's going to happen, bro. But focus on it now. Focus right. on you just getting in there, getting more, that opportunity to get in there. More teams open more doors. I feel you. I feel you. You see it. I see it, but focus on it now. Focus on getting in there right now. That's it. If that's what you want to do, focus on getting there right now. However you got to get it done, get it done. You know what I mean? So that's pretty much all I'm going to say about that. But this is where, I'm, this is where I'm, my final monologue, and I'm going to wrap it up. Sometimes you might think about life in a pessimistic way. Sometimes your, your perception on life might cause you, because of the things that you've experienced, to look at it in one way, you feel me? Um, and like I say, a part of it is your determination and your not, never settling is a good quality, but in life there must be balance. You know, some things, that, you know what they say, the same thing that make you laugh or make you cry. The same thing that'll drive you to the success can also destroy you. Be mindful of that. Those are the things in life that, you know, if somebody got to teach you or talk to you or you got to experience it or you got to see it firsthand, you know, it, it's, it's, and then at that point when you see it firsthand, you got to be able to recognize it. And a lot of that is hard because, like I say, we can only experience life through our own lens. So somebody that might have experienced that experience in a different way, our drive or our determination, like we, we focus on so much of getting to our goal, you know, it's like the, the track runner. You know, Usain Bolt wouldn't be as fast as he is if he was worried about what Tyson Gate got going on in his lane or Justin Gatlin, right? Right. When he take off out the blocks, he's focused straight ahead on what to get to where he got to go, Right. But at the same time, in order to be like that, he had to prepare. He had to put himself in position, the best position possible to get to that destination that he was getting to. That's where all his training came from. That's where all his hard work came from. And he had coaches and he had people, other people in his life to continue to push him in that direction. You see what I'm saying? So sometimes, and I'm sure, all of the people that was around him that got him to where he's at weren't all the people that grew up with him. Right. You feel me? Sometimes it the you you can meet, and I'm pretty sure he met a coach along his life that said, Hey, listen, you're doing it wrong. Let me teach you. This is the right way to do it. You feel me? And he was humble enough or he was meek enough to say, Hey, you know what? This guy might know something. And he followed that direction. And he kept going until he got to where he is today. The greatest of all time. And I 
Okay. But I feel like it was one person that put a roadblock mm-hmm. in front of me. Can't focus on that. It's that's past. It is. But like I said, it's one thing that I it's one thing that I'm driven by and that's the thought of playing football. I Even feel you. I know it's slim to no chance of me being there. It's one thing that I focus on that helps me and moves me. I feel you. And I'm, we all need something like that. I feel you, bro. I'm telling you, bro. It's, it's more other things in life, bro. It's more to life. It's been another episode of the Crash Culture Podcast Show. Uh, thank y'all for tuning in, though. Hopefully, I will continue to put out content consistently, and maybe this is a new beginning. You know? I don't know. Maybe. No, I do know. I do know. I'm going to keep recording consistently. I'm just fucking with y'all. I took my hiatus. I figured out whatever I needed to do in life and uh, what I needed to focus on, restructured the, the podcast, restructured my life to a lot of time to do this podcast because it takes a lot to do this to sit down and record this a lot of the times it's on the go it's on the move like i took the podcast today to my friend sharar house to record with him sometimes when i'm at my apartment i'll sit in my apartment and record in my apartment if i have a guest sometimes i'll take it and, and move to them that's just how it is uh with my podcast right now in the early stages i'm hoping to build a studio to where people could come to the studio and, and open up and talk on the show but um Y'all stay tuned for that. But until then, I'm going to focus on bringing y'all good content. I think that today was a good conversation, a much-needed conversation surrounding uh, mental health and the trials and tribulations that life might bring, you know, because, you know, it was more of an episode, it was more of an episode of perception and reflection. You feel me? It was more of one of those episodes where, you know, the thoughts that you don't share with people on a day-to-day basis that all of us go through um, that set such high expectations out of ourselves that we might think of and, you know, we might share with the closest to us and stuff like that. I really appreciate you for coming on the show and being as open as you is. Big bro. You know, at the end of the day, I wouldn't rather do it with nobody else, you feel me, because a lot of people might feel a certain type of way about sharing that much with the people and shit like that. I don't even know if I'm going to give y'all all of that because, you know, I don't want y'all to see my, my, my little bro and, and, you know, what he going through all the time. Y'all might not deserve that. Y'all, <laughs> i give you a piece. i give you a taste. Some but, of it is teaching. Yeah, some of that is teaching. Some of that some is of, learning. A lot, of, a lot of the things I was talking about with the football is real actual things that I've went through. Yeah. But for younger generations like if they're listening they can listen to what i'm saying about a lot of these coaches and some of them they're not even like that but then there's a bunch of them that as you would say is police officers bad apples Mm. can spoil the bunch there's some coaches that they will be those kinds of people where they will make it seem like they have your best interest and they will shit on you Oh, you know what I just thought of the name of this episode? I shall call it Perception and Reflection, Life After Death. (laughs) It's been another episode of Crash Culture. Thank you for listening.
tune in probably next week. I'll drop another one.